Welcome, Red Sox fans. Here are the Bastards of Boston Baseball. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another trade deadline edition of the Bastards of Boston Baseball. The deadline has come and gone. All the moves are final. Red Sox did make a couple of minor moves today, so we will get into those. We'll also go over what the rest of the division did. Toronto had a relatively big day. Yankees made a smaller move, so we'll be going through some of those again along with what the Red Sox did and kind of gauge how we think these final two months will go as we continue our sprint towards October. Charlie Smith with me tonight. How are you, pal? Oh, it's been an eventful day, man. Uh, unfortunately, a migraine from earlier today kind of took me out for most of it, but I'm starting to recover, which is good. But uh, this AL East, they were so busy, except for Boston, uh, <laughs> you know, and it was kind of what I expected. Like if we were going to be making any moves, it was going to be little pieces and that was it. Like we were not going to be blowing through and spending and bringing on these ridiculous uh, contracts. I didn't think we were going to get Rizzo. I didn't think we were going to get Scherzer. It would have been nice. It would have been cute, but it just wasn't realistic, you know? Well, last night we funny story. If nobody listened to the last episode, we recorded a 50 minute episode on what might happen the following day, which was today. And there was a lot of talk about first base because that's where our need is and what we thought the Red Sox might do. And we did talk about Schwarber quite a bit. We talked about Aguilar, a number, a number of guys. And then we end the podcast and then the Schwarber signing happens. And then that whole episode was garbage. <laughs> so we threw it away. We had to jump back on, re-record it, talk about the Schwarber uh, acquisition. And I will say this, though. Joe, Andrew, and myself, we thought there was a bigger move coming. We really did. We thought Bloom isn't done yet. He's going to add probably to the rotation, possibly to the bullpen. And we, we were under the impression that that was just the first of a few moves. And uh, that didn't happen today. But before we do get into today, what were your thoughts specifically on the Schwarber signing? Or signing so, uh, trade, I should say. Absolutely. Yeah, no. So as far as Schwarber is concerned, I mean, he showed an incredible month of June. I mean, it was like the Schwarber from 2019 all over again when he almost matched 40 homers. And he kind of started off a little slow. The month of June, he had 16 home runs, which was insane because the first half of the month, I don't think, I don't remember him doing that much damage. It was like, it felt like seven, eight games in a row he was hitting one home run or two home runs. And uh, for those that didn't have in, in fantasy, uh, you missed out on quite a couple of weeks there. Uh, my dad ended up picking him up, and that was a smart move by him. So well done, sir. Um he had 16 home runs out of 28 hits and hit 280 in the month of June. And then was only playing uh, a couple games in the month of July before he went down. But it just, it didn't look like there was an end in sight. 
and you you kind of compare his numbers to 2018 was when he was in Chicago. In 2018, he had 26 homers and 61 RBIs and 428 played or 428 at bats. He's 150 at bats off the mark, and he's already hitting almost uh, what two hundredths of a point better, so .020 better. Um, he just there it, it didn't seem like there was an end in sight. He was doing great work, and um, I think the fact that he also can catch adds an extra layer of interest and intrigue if they end up signing him for a couple extra years because if he can go back to being a catcher where he's playing left field and catching, potentially DHing, then the question is raised with Christian Vasquez. Do we really still need him or is this somebody that we can move? Um, but overall, I'm not I'm not bummed about the Schwarber move, but I'm not like crazy like, oh my God, thank goodness we got him. Uh, in theory, this could add a... This could fill the gap at first base. He has not played first base, though, in several years. He went from a catcher to, a, I believe it was left field, right field, like corner outfield or slot. And then it was, for the most part, just playing left field because they brought up uh, Contreras, uh, who is their current catcher right now. But um, I'm not completely disappointed. I could understand why people thought, okay, cool, we just got Schwarber. We're going to get something else because now we're going to go over that number. But from the from the get-go, no one thought the Red Sox were going to blow through. This team was good, but it wasn't a team that was going to be blowing another 25 to $30 million uh, to try to make this a contender. It wasn't realistic. There were other teams out there that we knew were going to blow through, and the Dodgers did just that. Yeah. With Scherzer... Oh, Scherzer. Oh, I'm just a dumpster fire tonight. You can tell it's it's late. It's almost 11 o'clock. But uh, with Schwarber, I think he's going to see a lot of time at first base. He does have a $7 million option for next year, which is pretty cheap, really. And if JD opts out, I could see Bloom picking that up because he could DH some games. He could play first. He could play in left field. I mean, he's a borderline super utility guy. So if the performance and production justifies it, I could certainly see that option being picked up because I doubt Tristan Casas is going to be ready right out of spring training for first base. So, And with JD gone, most certainly going to be opting out. DH is is available and and you could always use a fourth outfielder so to speak when Renfro or Kike both of them are still uh, under contract through next year so I, it, it works out it works out he's his average is up this year his OBP is 340 at the moment so. I want to see less of Bobby Dahlbeck, who, who didn't have a very good game tonight, by the way. He did actually drive in a run, but defensively had an error, couldn't come up with a scoop. And I just, I'm done with Bobby Dahlbeck. And when Danny Santana gets called up, I'm done with him too. Who else am I done with? I'm, Marwin, I guess. I, I His glove is just so elite, so I, I guess I can tolerate that. Chavis is gone, but I just want to see some production out of first base. We have to be towards the bottom of the league. 
I have been done with Bobby Delbeck since <laughs> Bobby Delbeck joined Boston. His play defensively, like I don't give a damn that he, he knocked in a run. Like I'm so over it. He's one of the players that I'm just I'm just done. When Chavis got sent out, I I literally I can't find the right word, but I think it's an absolute joke, an absolute joke that you traded away a guy you didn't even give a proper chance to in 2021, and you brought back Austin Davis, who has an ERA that's at the moon, 5.59. I understand he was a lefty, but seriously, you needed to get a left. You traded away Chavis over Dahlbeck. I just I, I can't get behind it and I'm always gonna be a Chavis guy I don't care what anybody says call me crazy I don't give a damn about your opinion um, <laughs> I'm, I, I'm just I'm done with the Dahlbeck experiment I'm done with so many other experiments and Dahlbeck doesn't even need to play first base anymore Dahlbeck at this point you are a pinch hitting specialist because you can't play defense and you strike out he had two check swing strikeouts I'm pretty sure in this in uh, tonight's game uh i'm okay not seeing that ever again and if shorber can play first base bye bye bobby bye like at this point i'm done i'm done uh, you forgot to mention uh get richards by the way i'm done with his ass too it's so painful we'll, we'll get into the starting pitching here one thing about schwarber though his postseason numbers not too bad he hit he's a 288 hitter with a 405 on base percentage and a 576 slugging percentage. So this is a guy who has risen to the occasion in the past. And when the Cubs won the World Series in 2016, he came back just in time for the postseason and was pretty productive over the course of that month. So perhaps maybe we'll get some Steve Pierce magic uh, in, in Schwarber. So let's talk about today because... Your expectations, you know, apparently, as you have said, weren't super high today. For me coming into today, I knew we weren't going to sell off some major pieces like Toronto did, for instance, with Barrios by trading their number two and their number four prospect. Anytime you deal two prospects out of your top five, that's a massive haul. The Red Sox did it with Chris Sale. Moncada was number one. I don't know where Kopech was in there. He might have been third or fourth. But still, that that's a big haul, and, and that's what Toronto did. So I knew that wasn't in the cards for the Red Sox. But I was just kind of hoping for some high bloom magic, that signature moment where he was going to shine and stand above all the other executives across the league. Now, of course, Friedman with the Dodgers blew everyone out of the water. You had Scherzer, you had Trey Turner. There might have been one more in there, but so they got uh they they got a Trey Turner. Turner, right, yeah. Yeah, they got the infielder. He's out on COVID, but he should be back probably within right. the next six or seven days, I would think. But but I was just looking for that moment and we just didn't it just didn't come and i'm i'm not going to say that schwarber was a tampa bay level move i mean he was once rizzo was off the board schwarzer was schwarber was the next schwarber we gave up our number 8 prospect yankees gave up their number 9 and number 11th ranked prospects 
So they essentially paid double for their guy compared to what we paid for ours. So, um, so I think Bloom got really good value, but at the end of the day, are we like, did we give ourselves an edge compared to all these other teams in terms of winning the division or is it about what it was? Because the Rays got Nelson Cruz, so he's going to, he's going to be highly productive. That was probably from an offensive standpoint, the biggest acquisition in the division. And the Yankees got a strikeout machine named Joey Gallo, who looks like a backstreet boy with his face shaven. I posted something on the Twitter account at bastards underscore Boston. If you want to look at it, uh, then of course I like Rizzo. I think he's going to be very productive for them. And uh, Andrew Heaney, though, oh, they might have hurt themselves with that one. But but they made some moves. And then, of course, Toronto, Joaquin Soria into the bullpen. Brad Hand into the bullpen. Huge. Nice acquisition there. And then, of course, Jose Barrios. So I can't say the Red Sox getting Kyle Schwarber. Hansel, Robles, and Austin Day. I don't think we're infinitely better than what we were. So I'm a little disappointed. No, uh, we definitely didn't get that much better. I mean, when you think about the haul that they got for uh, Barrios, uh, the Red Sox were not going to part ways with Tristan Cassis, who's arguably our number one. Jeer Downs isn't going anywhere. Jan Duran is already in Boston right now. Mata's not going anywhere. Tanner Houck is not going anywhere. You can make a case for maybe Jay Groom being sent out. York's not moving. Blaze Jordan is on absolute fire. So you're not getting really any of our top 10 picks. We were unwilling to move any of those players. And Jose Barrios is an elite pitcher with a disgusting curveball. It's absolutely maddening. He's buckled multiple people with it. Um, but the haul that they got for a year and a half, you gave away your second and your fourth pick, who now currently are the second and third pick or second and third best prospect in an opposing farm system. So the twins just, uh, they score big time from Toronto. Toronto's going in almost an all in mode. I don't think, uh, Joachim Soraya is really that, that good anymore. His ERA is, is whatever he's, he's going to be a hold guy. Uh, Brad hand may get the, the closer role now because they got the ticky tock crap going on with, uh, their closer right now in Toronto. Who's an absolute, bum um but he was reckless his last week in in washington um tampa bay got better i mean they still are 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 doing fine even with trading rich hill uh the yankees added two big bats i'm still torn i'm not sure if nelson cruz is the top bat or the second best bat i still think that i'd rather have anthony rizzo over uh nelson cruz just for position eligibility and position ability um Nelson Cruz so far is three for 17 with two home runs. That's it. He's got a single and, a, and two home runs. He's hitting 118. Um, and that'll certainly change. Huge power bat. But the Red Sox, because of what they did or didn't do, there's a case that this team went from first best team, like the first team, to the third best team in the American League East. I've never seen a division make this many moves. It wasn't like one or two total in the division. It was like two or three per team. The only team that was quieter than Boston 
was Baltimore. And Baltimore wasn't going to do anything. The only two players that people were flirting with were Means and Mancini. And Mancini wasn't going anywhere. For optics standpoint, from that standpoint alone, you're not trading him. You can't. You just cannot. He's a fan favorite. And Means, I think they were scared away because of the asking price for him. So he wasn't going anywhere. Uh, Each team outside of Boston and Baltimore made at least one major upgrade in one way, shape, or form. Toronto went with the pitching aspect. They got multiple relievers that can set up slash close. You got Jose Barrios, who's arguably a one or two. And then you have the Yankees, who added a couple of power bats. And you got Andrew Heaney, which I thought at the beginning of the year, maybe this was going to be his coming out year, and maybe he was going to fix it. Hasn't really happened. His year is north of five. But uh, the asking price, like what the Angels got, they got two really good minor leaguers. So well done by them to do that. If I'm Mike Trout in L.A., I am doing everything I possibly can to say double deuces, I'm out. It's not going to happen. Rizzo in New York is going to be interesting interesting because he's a former Red Sox as far as the farm system went. There was a chance that he was going to come to Boston, a very, very slim chance. I didn't honestly see it coming. Joey Gallo I thought was going to go to New York. I honestly thought that Scherzer was going to go to the Giants. Um, But it was – plenty of opportunity for these teams to make moves if the red sox really wanted to do that they could have but your you know your president of baseball operations is not someone who wants to spend a lot of money and he's going to try to find bargains and schwarber for what we got was a bit of a bargain um considering again what toronto gave up for a year and a half if barrios leaves in a year and a half ouch that hurts that'd be like if chris sale left after a year two that would suck if he has a good stretch run here, Barrios, I'm talking about, then there could be some extension talks over the winter. They have to have that mindset if they gave up two guys in their top five. But but this, every team is going for it right now. And Toronto does kind of scare me a little bit. Like if we go on a slide and suddenly we're within just a few games of them, that's, that's going to be scary. I don't know what to make of the Yankees, but they gave up two prospects for Heaney, two prospects for Rizzo, six prospects for Joey Gallo, 10 prospects got moved and they're what? Seven and a half games out, something like that. Eight, eight and a half. I think Cashman's going to get fired at the end of the year. I thought maybe that was two years from now, but he's he's acting like a guy who's under a lot of pressure. I thought that Gallo ended up getting moved for only – I thought it was just four picks when I looked at it. So uh, I'm curious. If that was actually six, then my goodness, did did they make out like bandits? If, if you're Texas, you made out like bandits. I thought but, it was. Um, yeah, so uh, it was Gallo coming over with another uh, a relief pitcher. And I could be completely wrong, but seldom would you see six picks go for one guy. That That's the other thing that seems a little far-fetched on it because Rizzo netted two, uh, Gallo netted a couple, and Heaney netted, I think it was eight, maybe nine picks, but I thought it was four, two, and two. Either way, though, Terry, you're absolutely right. Eight picks for three players, and some of them are rentals slash free agents. That's a lot. You're going all in on a prayer. But I definitely expect the Yankees to make up four or five games in, in, in this next month. And I expect 
uh, the Toronto Blue Jays to make up a couple of games in the next month. I expect Tampa Bay to make up a couple of games this month. I do not think that the Red Sox will be the top team in the AL East by the end of August. Why? Because you are seeing teams retool, stock up, get these banger players that they're going to need in order to be good for the stretch. Did the Red Sox load up on elite pitching? Nope. Why? Because I think this is a team that recognized, no, we are not going to compete with the Dodgers. No, we're not going to compete with the Padres. No, we're not going to compete with the Giants. I mean, who would you rather have had? Kyle Schwarber or Chris Bryant? The Chicago, the Chicago Cubs just completely blew up. Like, their, their whole team is gone. Rizzo, gone. Schwarber, gone. Baez, gone. Bryant, gone. Their entire infield is gone. You literally mortgaged your entire infield. If I'm a Cubs fan, I am so pissed. You just lost your first baseman, your shortstop, your third baseman, your left fielder. Who else left? I, I don't think that was it. I think they made four or five moves. Well, Kimbrough, their Kimbrough whole team. left. Your closer's gone. I forgot about Kimbrough. <laughs> He's gone. You know, like, the White Sox are now scary. Like, you have a dumb closer. You now have two elite closers in Chicago. Because Liam Hendricks is the closer in Chicago. Well, I think it'll be Kimbrough at this point. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and because Hendricks can go. He's like Josh Hader. They're similar they'll go you could go two or three innings with them um i i don't think they go more than two innings too often but you you could if you had to especially in, in a playoff run but yeah but the cubs their system must be loaded again though i would think and i'm not sure what they did andrew could probably break down what kind of a draft they might have had uh, a couple weeks ago but but they, I think they definitely expedited their rebuild by everybody overpaid today. And here's the thing. Look at the teams that, that overpaid for the most part. You had the Mets giving up a massive haul for um, Baez and Dombrowski with the Phillies overpaid big time for the two Texas pitchers, uh, Kyle Gibson and Ian Kennedy. The White Sox gave away tons, and but the common theme of those two, those three teams are they're typically dumpster fire front offices. So right. now that they're finally good, they're overpaying and screwing themselves again in the long term. You know, fine, they're great for the short term, but right, but so you have these historically bad front offices doing the majority of the overpaying. And then you had the Red Sox who kind of came in just playing it cool. And we got Schwarber. I, I don't know what they see in Robles and Austin Davis. They've got two months to figure it out if we're going to go on a postseason run here. But here's the other thing that disappoints me. I was so hoping that the other day was the last time we were going to see Garrett Richards whether, adorable. whether he got Ugh. traded for a bag of baseballs or we simply released him because we replaced him with another number four type guy that we thought might work out a little bit better. So not only are we seeing Perez just get absolutely shelled almost every time out, 
we're going to continue to see uh, Richards as well. So when Sale comes back and Hauk stays in the rotation, I, I think he's not going to be pitching until, is it next week? He's not pitching uh, this weekend. So, yeah, it must be next week. Once those two are in the rotation, then you've got Evaldi, who's been solid almost all year. We discussed last night. I'm not worried about Erod. I know he looked bad, but I I think he'll right the ship. So it's just hopefully we're not going to see the Perez and Richard show too much because it's almost an automatic loss every time out. And I'm disappointed that we didn't at least move one of them. The so here's the thing then, if we move Richards, we move Erod. We didn't make any moves. We didn't make any additions. We didn't try to bolster up the the starting rotation. We got Austin Davis, who has an ERA over five and a half, and we have Ansel Robles, who has an ERA of almost five. He's sucked his whole career. Just he like... has never been good. <laughs> no. Austin Davis has never been good. Michael Chavis got the short end of the stick. Michael Chavis is why I'll be buying a Pittsburgh Pirates hat. Uh, They did him dirty, and I'm still salty about it, and I will continue to bitch about it. Um, Chris Sale's not ready yet. Tanner Houck's in the rotation. We just witnessed Perez Day, another (laughs) great Perez Day. I can't wait for Jason to go off about that. Jason, you and I might fight for who gets to have him as a dud. Uh, It just... At this point, this is a below 500 team in the rotation. Richards, you know what you're getting. Uh, Pavetta's still doing okay, not great. Uh, I don't trust Martin Perez. Evaldi's been fine. Hauk is, is doing fine. So you're, you got two good guys, two crap guys, and one 50-50. Guess what? If you don't have at least three good guys, you lose. You need to win majority of your rotation's games. You need to win three out of five. And right now, at best, you're winning maybe, maybe five out of ten. I see this as a two and three rotation now. Two wins, three losses. And, I mean, I said the against the Toronto series, do you remember what I said was going to happen against Toronto? You picked us to win, didn't you? I forget. I picked us to lose three of four. Okay. And we lost two of three. And of one the, of them was rained out. Of and I think out. we probably would have lost. Exactly. Yeah. This was just the way that I was looking at things. I don't trust Erod. I didn't trust Martin Perez. I was right on both. I was right on both. It, it's just it's it's just the nature of the beast right now. The teams that have offensive onslaught teams, the Blue Jays, the Yankees, the Rays, the White Sox, they are going to smash Boston because we upgraded with Kyle Schwarber, who's not active right now. But we also have players like Bobby Dahlbeck, who strikes out half the time. Uh, Jaron Duran, who strikes out almost half the time. I believe he has 15 strikeouts and like 37, 38 at-bats. That's almost half. Um, You have Franchi Cordero, who has not been the same Franchi Cordero from the past, but I'm still not drinking the punch on that. We got rid of Michael Chavis, but you've got a dead bottom third of the lineup. You are putting incredible pressure on the top three, top four, five guys in your lineup. 
And that adds to more pressure for your starting rotation and your bullpen. Because if one of the guys in the bullpen gives a ho- gives up a home run, there's a very good chance that that's the lead or you've you've now made it a tie game. And Matt Barnes isn't always super consistent. Some of our relievers aren't super consistent. Josh Taylor has been one of the best relievers Boston's had all season. He got creamed the other night. He gave up, what, three or four runs in one of his most recent appearances. So, no, I'm not optimistic. And, I mean, people are going to call me crazy. I was wrong about the total win total. Like, I get that. It is what it is. But this is not going to be the Red Sox finishing up in the same position now that they will be at the end of September. They will not be in first place. I guess my big worry is the sustainability. And it looks like now is the time that they're running out of gas. Like I said, Perez sputtering, Richard sputtering. You you already mapped it out. They're running out of gas and sales should kind of kickstart things a little bit. How, if we're really lucky, if we are extremely lucky, Connor Seabold might be in the rotation at some point mid to late August. And maybe August is mercifully a, a little bit easier than uh, the last six weeks or so. We've got three games against Detroit in the in the first week. We've got a three-game set against Baltimore in the middle of the month. Then we have the now weaker Texas Rangers at home starting on August 20th. Then we have the Twins immediately after. Then we have the Indians immediately after. So let's see, that's nine games against three of the worst teams in the league. The downside is we do have Tampa at the end of the month. We have them again in the middle of the month and a four-game set against Toronto. So it's either really easy or really hard, but if if we can beat the bad teams and then finish 500 against the good teams, like like Bobby Cox always said back in the day. I miss Bobby Cox. Maybe we'll maybe we'll come out of the month of August still still somewhat competitive. And it's I gonna... mean and what I mean by competitive is for the division win. So currently, right now, with everything that we know about this team, do you think the Red Sox finish in first place by the end of this year? Uh, it's hard. Um, so, like, let's just be, be realistic. I mean, we're facing the Tigers. They're garbage. Then we face Toronto. We just got smashed against Toronto. I'm not liking that series. Then you face Tampa Bay. I'm not excited about that series. You face Toronto. You face the Orioles. I'm okay with that. You face the Yankees. I hope we get two out of three, but if we get one out of three, I'll take that as a win. The Rangers for three, they're going to be trash. Twins, they're going to be easy. Cleveland, it's Cleveland. And then we face Tampa Bay to end out August. September is going to be exciting because five of the first, what, eight games we face against um, to start the month are all against Tampa Bay. And then guess what? You get three against Chicago, and then you get three against Seattle. Seattle uh, did some work too. So you're you're pretty much praying now because towards the end of September you've got Baltimore again so we'll get hope should have Jake DeGrom back. I don't think we're winning that game. So there's there's a whole boatload of stuff that needs to go right for Boston because this is a train wreck that could go off real quickly. 
it, it can get ugly real fast. They need to they need to fix somebody. Somebody needs to turn it around in that rotation. I, I think Erod will be the guy to do it. So, um, and then if it's just so hard. Sometimes Richards will will grind one out for you and and give your offense a chance to win, but he's given up a minimum of four just about every time out. So um, if the Red Sox can put up six or seven in a Richards start, then you'll have a chance to win. Perez, I'm just extremely pessimistic about at this point, and he just seems to give up on himself while he's out there. So it just makes it all that much more frustrating to watch. But you're going to have sale back by the time we face Tampa again on August 10th. So he's in the rotation. Houck should be in the rotation full-time by that point. Maybe Seabold again by the end of the month. He just had his first start in AAA, and it was an abbreviated start because he needs to be stretched out still, but looked pretty good. So... That's that's what you have to hope, and and Tampa has to scuffle a little bit to to keep things close. I'm not too worried about Toronto or the Yankees. They can make it interesting. They can narrow the gap a little bit, but I don't think they're gonna leapfrog us. So I guess the big takeaway here is this: Did the Red Sox make a significant move? Yes, they did. But was it enough to put that stamp on an almost certain division win? No, they didn't. No. <laughs> they did no. not. The, the so. answer is no. Nope. And yeah. I think if you were to ask 10 fans, you might get two that say yes. And if you were to ask 100 fans, you'd get less than 20 that say yes. It's, it's less than 20% would say that. I think it's probably... You know, and, and we talked about this with you, me, and Andrew. And I remember you said, uh, what did you say, 40% chance that the, the Red Sox don't get it. And I was like, wait, whoa, whoa, what? And I said, I- I'm actually going to go in between both of you guys. And then you came back. We, we were all kind of uh, agreement. I said 25% chance the Red Sox don't make the playoffs. 25% chance. That only went up after what we just witnessed. Because if you look at the rest of the American League right now, do you see the Red Sox being a threat right now to some of these other teams that are wild card contenders? All all the Red Sox need to do is lose the division. If they lose the division, they're not going to get a wild card spot. It's not happening because Oakland and Houston, one of those two teams is going to get one. And then I think it's going to be um, possibly a, another team in the West. Like, I don't think Cleveland's going to come back out of anywhere. I think it's going to be Chicago running away with it. Tampa Bay is going to get first place in the East. It wouldn't surprise me if one of the other teams in the East came back, but I still think Mariners, Oakland could still do it. It it wouldn't surprise me. I think Oakland's definitely getting in. But so, I I mean, if the second team doesn't come from the the AL East, it's probably going to be the Mariners then. 100%. Who made a bunch of moves. But I'm I'm not too worried about it yet, but... I wish we did more. I wish we did a little bit more. And granted, I mean, I I don't I didn't want Bloom to overpay, so I don't know what else there could have been, but 
I was just hoping we would just see something that we hadn't seen yet. You know, it, it just I just wanted to see a little bit of magic, a really creative outside the box move that made everybody go, whoa, where did that come from? And it just didn't happen. It just didn't happen. I think before, I mean, we talked about this before. This is not this is not a team with ownership that wants to spend. Like you see the LA Dodgers that just opened up the pocketbook and they just picked whoever the hell they damn well pleased. Max Scherzer, right this way, good sir. Trey Turner, please join us. Danny Duffy, welcome to Los Angeles. That's insane. I mean, at this point, you have Clayton Kershaw, who's your three guy or four guy. Walker Bueller's your two or three, uh, or, or your two or one, um, because I, I would put Scherzer over Walker Bueller. Uh, Duffy's probably your three. Kershaw's your four. Kershaw is your ace on a couple teams in the bigs, and he's your four. David Price is no longer a starter there. David Price is a three on some teams. That's how stacked LA is right now. I honestly think High and Bloom made the decision and was just realistic. This is a business. We are not in the business of really competing. We can compete, compete in 2021 in the division, kinda. American League, we're not even a top top two team. In in the bigs, we're not even a top five team. Because you can name five teams right off the bat that are much better than us. And that's just fact. Uh, it is what it is. This is just not a team that wanted to spend money. And Shaughnessy said something earlier today where he said, I think, uh, quote, correct me if I'm wrong, but it was, Ian Bloom didn't want to spend money because he realized this wasn't a team that was going to win the World Series. Does anybody really think the Red Sox are going to win the World Series with this team? Because if they do, I, I, I love you for it, but it's just not realistic right now. If, if you want to be realistic, yeah, maybe they'll make the playoffs. They're not going to go to the ALDS and win. They're not going to win the ALCS. They have no chance in the World Series. It, it's it's just not going to happen. It just is not going to happen. And the Giants, who a couple weeks ago looked like they could go to the World Series, now they got competition back in their division. Now it's the Dodgers who are going to be working real hard to make up and choose some of that, uh, you know, that gritty couple games back to climb back into the top slot. Because every single one of us, all six of us, said Dodgers would win the AL West. And now it looks like it could happen that way again. Dodgers right now, I'm looking back at it, they're three games out. By the end of September, they will not be three games out. They will be multiple games ahead. Because I do not see in any way, shape, or form how that team can fail right now. San Francisco is good. LA is much better, especially after the deadline. Yeah, I mean, they added Scherzer and, and Turner, like we said. And the the Giants did add Chris Bryant, so they're a little bit more dynamic. But that rotation they have with Gosman, Alex Wood, Anthony DiScofani, I think Johnny Cueto is actually still in that rotation and not even really having a bad year. But, but the sustainability of that rotation in terms of winning the division is is pretty questionable i think they're they're certainly going to get into the wild card there's going to be three teams from that division into the playoffs but um but yeah the it looks like the dodgers are, are back on top and they're going to have kershaw coming back here in another week or two 
I think Mookie, I don't think his hip thing is a long-term injury, but uh, and yeah, they but got the Seeger back so, too this week. Right, Seeger, I believe he just came back today. Oh, I could be he? mistaken. Oh, I believe it was either today. I think it was today. Um, I, you know what? I could just check Dad's fantasy team because he's he's got him. Um, but Trey Turner can play center field. So while Mookie Betts is out, Trey Turner can play center field. Like you really filled every gap. The Dodgers went out and said, "All right, where is the ship sinking? How do we plug the Titanic?" Other teams are just throwing people off the boat to make it sink slower. The Dodgers are literally <laughs> plugging every hole, yeah. and that's what they did. Like this is a team that has. Really no glaring holes. And I said at the beginning of the year, you have a stud team. Even Cody Bellinger, who sucks in 2021, he blows, as Jason would say, this year. And still, they are ungodly good. Max Muncy, insane. Corey Seager coming back. Justin Turner having a great season. Even Kike Hernandez leaving in their super utility spot. They're still doing work. And they just got better. Again, it's it's just silly. Like if if the Dodgers right now have followed the blueprint of one team from the 1990s, buy every effing player that's good. The New York Yankees did that. They didn't have homegrown talent. They're just like, okay, cool. Let's add this player from this team and let's add this guy from this team. And we know this team can't afford him anymore. Let's make a trade and give him garbage and we'll take him too. And that's what the Yankees have done. That's what they did in the 90s, and that's what won games. That's what won titles, 97, or 98, 99, 2000. 97 was the Marlins year, and then 01 was the Diamondbacks year. Um, and that was, that was that. The Dodgers are doing the exact same thing. They're following the blueprint of you don't need the homegrown talent alone because some of it's homegrown. Some of, them, some of them are drafted, but they're just going out and buying every damn player worth, worth any talent. Max Scherzer? top five pitcher in baseball danny duffy top five top 10 pitcher in baseball um uh, trey turner arguably one of the better infielders uh, middle infielders in the game and he can play multiple positions he can play second base short and play center field you just got kike hernandez back but 10 times better a thousand times better you have your kike hernandez back because when seekers there turner's there you can flip-flop both to play second and short. And if Seager's not 100%, Trey Turner can play, can play short. You're really not screwed. Your second base, Gavin Lux can play second base. Like, it's just, oh, God, the Dodgers are going to be scary good down the stretch. Scary good. It might not even be a month. I'd say three weeks they make up the three games. I don't know who I'm rooting against, really, because the Giants won three, and if they win a fourth, okay, now they tie us this century with four to four. So, but I'm like, I don't want the Dodgers to win. I don't want the juggernaut to, to, to win it. I, I love a good upset. So it's tough because there's aspects of both teams winning that I absolutely hate. So, David Price would win again. You're okay with that? Uh, oh, jeez, man. Now maybe the Giants don't sound that bad, but uh, yeah, that's it's, an unpleasant said thought. That. That's, that's an unpleasant thought indeed. I have a headache again. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess on that note, we'll uh, we'll wrap it up. 
The Red Sox are currently, they just dropped game one to Tampa tonight. So they've got Nathan Avaldi tomorrow, Nick Pavetta on Sunday, and then we'll be back Sunday night to talk the series. And it'll be business as usual going forward, hopefully into the month of October. And we will uh, see you basically on your Monday morning commute. Take care.